Good morning, Vintage Family. Hey, I want to take us into Psalm 91 today. Um, probably would call this the provision of the secret place. I talk about Psalm 91 a lot, talk about building an encounter with the Lord. But we're facing with what a, a disease right now, uh, an outbreak that's been officially called a pandemic. And I know some of, some of you land in a place where you believe, oh, it's probably not that big a deal. Um, I actually don't think it matters where we land on that. I think that we just have to be willing to say, hey, there's a real issue at hand. Uh, the world we live in is facing something. Um, and maybe step back for a moment and consider what's really going on. Not just in a physical level, but in a spiritual level, what's going on? There's financial havoc going on. This is absolutely destroying economies right now. It's shutting down entire economic structures. There's chaos internationally. But the biggest thing I see, the biggest thing I sense in this is fear. It's just palpable fear. Um, with, my, with my work, we, we have to travel a lot. So I've, I've been in and out of airports for the last three or four weeks, um, every week. The level of fear is amazing. The level of just terror. And I think if we had to maybe use one word to characterize what we see right now, it's fear. And under the authority of heaven, though, you and I as believers don't have really the right to live in fear. I would say it this way. Our Father hasn't given us permission to let fear drive us or control us. 2 Timothy 1.7, I've been sitting in it. Um, I grew up in a fairly Pentecostal background. And all the time that verse was quoted, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. And it was almost talked about like there was this roaming demonic spirit of fear around the world. That's just really not what Paul is saying. In context, what Paul is saying to Timothy is, do you remember when your grandmother laid hands on you and imparted the gift of faith into you? Step into that faith, rise up, because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. The word there actually means to be timid or to cower or to shrink back. So I want to take a look at Psalm 91. It's, it's been heavy on my heart. It's been probably my life verse, a, a familiar passage. I'd say it this way. Every once in a while, you've come across a passage in Scripture that you can come back to all the time. And it's just, it's just a deep well for you. Psalm 91 for me has been an incredibly deep well. It's probably the, I remember the, the first time I heard it taught and that it really hit me and impacted me. I heard it taught by a guy named Rob Brendel. Uh, and Rob just would lay out in this teaching the privilege and the opportunity in the, in, to build a secret place encounter. And for the first time I recognized in Scripture, I had a right and an opportunity to get in face-to-face -face with God. And all my shame and all my sense of not being worthy, I just could put that aside because the Lord had invited anybody who wanted to come. If we look at the verse, Psalm 91, I'm going to take verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. What it really means is that man or that woman who makes a regular habitual habit of getting alone with, with the King steps into a place of rest that comes from nearness to God. What that tells me is that there are things available in the presence of God that are uniquely available only in the presence of God. Moses writes this psalm. And he's saying that there's, there's some things you can get 
in this encounter or have access to, maybe is a better way to say it, that you're just not going to have access to outside of it. And it tells me there's a process to living in this unique rest. And that process is simple. It's time with Him. I would love to highlight that through the history of Israel, there was an understanding that living in the shelter of the Most High was akin to basically two things. It was living face-to-face with God, and it was akin to the fear of the Lord. Those two things combined was their understanding of what it meant to live in the shelter of the Most High. The reason I want to highlight that is what follows in the rest of Psalm 91 really needs to be understood as the provision of that life. Moses will go on and say, This I will declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He alone is my God, and I am trusting in Him. So I want you to consider what that says. It's written by Moses. We know that. If you think, if you remember with me, there's a passage in the Old Testament that says, Moses met with God, spoke with Him face to face the way a man does with a friend. The Hebrew concept there is to sit down like face to face in front of each other with They didn't have coffee shops back then, but we can imagine somebody sitting across the table at Starbucks from another friend and just regularly, every day, building a relational encounter. What happens with that? You get to know somebody. You you get to understand their heart. You catch their nuances. And this is the way the scripture would say Moses actually encountered God at an intimate enough level that they begin to know each other as friends. And what this Moses, who's had this crazy encounter with God, is declaring is the declaration of his testimony. Moses is saying, look, in my journey, God, my friend, he's been a hiding place for me in difficulty. He's been a safe place. And so I've decided to put my trust in his ability to protect me. I'd love to suggest something about this secret place encounter. I know I push on this idea so much to develop an encounter with God. I would love to suggest that the secret place encounter with the Lord is actually the place we build our trust in Him. It's where we learn to trust Him. And one of the beautiful byproducts is that if you and I do that, we, like Moses, are going to be able to declare the same thing. In my journey with Him, in my friendship with Him, in my encountering of Him, I've learned how to trust Him. And so I've decided in the moments of chaos, I'm putting my faith in Him. Moses goes on and says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day. Nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. But you'll see it with your own eyes. You'll see how the wicked are punished. So I want to break this down a little bit. This first phrase, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. This word rescue here is to be, it means to be extracted or emancipated from something. The phrase every trap is really not strong enough. This is the New Living Translation. It really doesn't do justice to to what Moses is saying. The translation here, the root phrase is snare of the fowler. A fowler is a bird trapper, someone who's, who's laying a trap and, and, and stepping away, waiting till that, that bird walks into that trap 
and maybe you've seen it on cartoons or, or you've maybe you've watched hunting shows or anything like that where the trap will look like a box and there's a there's a little stick underneath it. The stick usually has a, a string attached to it. And when the bird wanders in for the food, they pull the string out and that bird is therefore trapped. It deals specifically with the idea of something being trapped for kill. And it points to the enemy of the people of God and his agenda to trap them. So Moses says, he will rescue you from every trap. I love that. I want you just to think about that. The promise of that man or that woman, that person that's willing to spend time getting to know God face to face can live in this kind of protection. That God's going to rescue you from every trap. He goes on and says, He'll rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. The fatal plague is a very interesting word. It means to reorder through destruction. Moses will go on and says, He will shield you with His wings. He will shelter you with His feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. So this next image is one of an eagle, which is a common bird of prey in the region that Moses was was in. You always have to understand that that these writers are thinking about the world around them. They're seeing things. I would imagine at this moment, Moses is seeing an eagle fly by and he's, and he's, he's, he's likening that to the Lord's ability. But this is a bird of prey that would be common in the wilderness. And he describes the absolute safety of being under the covering of an, a majestic animal. I know that for me right now, if, if a bald eagle, as, as, a, as massive and expansive as they are, is standing over top of something, I'm very unlikely to want to go encounter that eagle because they, they carry a high potential for being destructive. They can, when, they want, when they want to protect something, they're very capable of doing that. And Moses is pointing to this idea. The inference here is that we, like baby birds, something precious to that eagle, are fully covered and protected by one that would fight for our lives with their very own. I want an incredible picture of protection. I, would, I sometimes think we lose sight of the fact that God is jealous and guards us and will rush in to watch over us and protect us. I love this phrase where Moses says, His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And it's a declaration that speaks to something I think is incredibly important. It speaks to our ability to trust in what God says. Moses declares that God's promise is the God's promises or his promise is the very thing that we use to protect us in battle. And they are something that we can trust that actually will protect us. Think about armor. What does armor do? Armor gives us a layer of defense. And what Moses is saying here is What you're going to learn by that face-to-face encounter with God is that everything He says is true, and you can learn to rest in those things, stand in those things, gird yourself in them, wear them like armor. Because when when something comes in that's contrary to what the Lord said, stand against it and say, no, that's not what the Lord said, and His, His promises are true. He's faithful to what He said. I love Moses, his response. It's a, it's pretty logical. He says, don't be afraid. So don't be afraid of the terrors of the night the dread, or dread the, the dread of the plague or the disaster that strikes at midday. The word for afraid here is yare, and it's interesting. It's actually the same word we use when we talk about fearing the Lord or having reverence for God. It carries the idea of giving place or authority to something. 
And Moses says, don't give place, don't give authority to the stuff that you're afraid of, the stuff that's causing you to want to fear. Don't give it authority. So we see that word's both positive and negative. In the positive sense, it's connected to us giving reverence and authority to God. In the negative, it's, a, it's something phobic. It's something that causes us to cower or shrink back. And then Moses highlights what I would say are some super real-world ideas. He highlights the terrors of the night. So I, wanna, I, I, I was curious, so I decided to dig in and go, okay, what are all these? There was one that had jumped out at me, the plague, because right now, facing coronavirus and things like that, that's just such an obvious one. But I decided to do word study in all of these. The terrors of the night. This is actually worry or phobia of fear. Uh, We could describe it as a fear of gloom. There's an interesting idea that's connected to it. It's that which is foreboding. Now, some of you may not ever wrestle with this. I listened to a Chris Ballatin teaching on the 29th of February where he talked about a season in his life where, where he realized he had a foreboding spirit, which I had never heard of before. The irony is I had shared with a couple of my buddies that I deal often with this wonder of when's the rug going to get pulled out from underneath me? It's going so good, something bad has to happen. And I, I'm, I was driving to the airport this week and I'm just weeping because I realized I have been so gripped with that foreboding spirit. And, and Psalm 91 says, you don't have to fear that thing. You can actually live free of being worried about when's the rug going to get pulled out? It's been going so good, something bad's going to happen. Because that encounter with the Lord, that friendship with God, His promise to you is, you don't have to worry about that, I have you. Moses goes on and says, you don't have to fear the dangers of the day. The root word here is, that which pierces in dimness while it is in the light of day. It's a very interesting idea. That which pierces in dimness while it's in the light of day. When you break all the words down, you put them back together. That's the picture it creates. It's the idea of those things that we don't see coming that harm us. It's that idea of living in fear of what I can't see. And what Moses says here is, you don't even have to fear the stuff that you don't know is out there. Because God's got your back. As his friend, he protects. He says, you don't have to fear the dread of the plague. It's an, it's an amazing phrase. If we look at the dread of the plague, the word plague here is moraine in, in the Hebrew. It, 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 moraine is a cattle-born illness, and that's what it means. It's described as moraine. When you dig one layer earlier and in the language, it, the word means to reorder populations. It deals with pandemic. It deals with things that reorder populations. It's what, we're, it's, it's what the fear is in the world right now. That's what we're facing. This is going to take out masses. There are numbers being thrown out. There's, there's, there's so many conspiracy theories. But Moses just says this. You don't have to fear it. That encounter with the Lord brings this provision. You don't have to fear that. You don't have to fear the da- disaster that strikes at midday. The word translated midday is actually connected to the pressing of oil, which I thought was really interesting. Like, it doesn't really make sense until I started digging in and and considering all the different ways that could be applied. The implication of this is that you don't have to fear that calamity or that incredible 
incredibly difficult event that crushes the life from you. Your father's not going to let that happen. God protects his friends. That moment of the pressure's so bad I can't take it. And some of us feel that way a lot. And I would love to invite you to this. You can face whatever pressure you feel in confidence because you have a promise. Your father's never going to let that pressure be so much that it breaks you. He's never going to let you get crushed. And Moses will go on and make a declaration that has a promise that I love. These evils will not touch you, but you'll see it with your eyes. I just want to break that phrase down a bit because I think it'd be easy to rush into some, what I would call maybe overtly hyper faith statement of, well, therefore I don't, I have nothing to fear. Nothing's going to touch me. What Moses says here is incredible. It's a declaration that these, these things will not approach you as in to be able to do you final harm or finish you off. And the second phrase is literally rendered, you'll be within spitting distance of it, but you won't be touched by it. It doesn't mean we won't feel it. it doesn't mean we won't get connected to it. We won't, get pre- we won't feel its proximity. It's just the promise of heaven. Our Father saying, look, I am not going to let your life be reordered by something that I don't control. I love that promise. And then Moses will finish out with, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. The word conquer here means to overtake or overcome. No plague will come near your dwelling. The word plague here is connected to the idea of that which which reduces you to nothing. For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush serpents under your feet. Moses doesn't say if in the Hebrew text. He doesn't say if you make the Lord your dwelling. He just says by making and by setting the Lord as your dwelling. It's not this if-then promise. He's just saying, look, I want you to know what happens when you do this. The connected idea is that the choice to dwell with God, to encounter Him, to stay continual in Him, brings these certain provisions with it. So the declaration is that because of the choice to to just be face-to-face with God, anything wanting to come to you has to come through Him. I feel like that tracks so clear with what we see in the Scripture. It's what we see in Job's life. It's what we see in so many of the men and women of faith in Scripture. And what that does for me is it changes my understanding a great deal. It means that I can rest in the face of calamity, plague, coronavirus, cancer, financial ruin, whatever it might be. I can actually be at rest in the face of it, fully at peace, because I understand that I am actually untouchable unless he says it's okay. And if he says it's okay, it's because he's doing something that he understands in my life and I might not understand it, but he's a good father and all his ways are perfect. And he has no thoughts towards us that aren't for blessing. He says to Israel, I know what I have in store for you. If you would just trust me, a future, a hope, blessing, not cursing. You see, the secret place brings provision into our lives. We live in his care. We still have to live with wisdom. We still need to make healthy decisions. What I'm working at is to communicate a reality 
you are a child of the king. And your choice to live in his presence comes with amazing benefits. So in the face of all this phobia and chaos, can I challenge us to trust in him and stand firm? What will draw the world's attention to Jesus in this season? It's not going to be a bunch of people that are just as scared as they are. It's going to be a bunch of people that rise up with an incredible inner peace and calm. Not a calm because they got it figured out, but a calm because they say, you know what? I trust my God with my life. I want to remind you, trust is your choice. I can't choose trust for you. You can't choose trust for me. The Lord can't even choose trust for us. It's our choice. And if you believe what he says, with what he promises, that trust is going to protect you in this season. If you can look at Psalm 91 and say, this is what it says, I can trust that. We, we had a conversation about that in teaching teams last week. This was written by Moses. Was it only applicable to Moses? And, and Dustin and teaching team said, no, no, no. This was canonized way later because they, they, they came upon the reality that this, this was actually real truth that they could live by. And I love that for us. It says we can grab onto this and live on it today. Stand on it. Stand in it. Pray it. I actually believe that's what the Lord's up to right now. That's his goal. I think he wants to take all this chaos. Last Wednesday night, we were praying over the four directions of the earth, north, south, east, west. We were praying over this coronavirus thing. And, and I had challenged those of you that were in prayer to just ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want released? And then release that in that direction. I was actually caught off guard because every time I would point at a direction and ask the Lord what he wanted to release, everything he spoke was some type of redemption or revival word. I think he's up to something. To take all this chaos, all this upset in finances, all the gloom, all of it, and just hold us, his kids, up as jewels in the culture and say, I want you to see what happens when you trust me. Look at them. Look at how they trust me. You see, if we look at Ephesians, that's what it says he's doing. Ephesians says that he's actually putting us on display in front of the watching worlds, in front of the rulers of darkness, because he wants them to see what it looks like for his people to go through difficulty because we go through it differently. Why? I think he's after the lost. We, we read it all over in scripture. There's a harvest. There's a passion in the heart of God to see the nation saved. Maybe, just maybe, we're standing in a moment where we're going to see the greatest harvest we've ever seen because the world's being upset and it's tumultuous. And what's being shaken, is that everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now. What's it look like for us to stand strong in our faith and say, this is my declaration. We trust, I trust in my God. And it's going to cause people to go, I need what you have. I didn't go through that last thing like you did. I want you to listen to this last passage. This is what the Lord says. Moses is repeating something the Lord told him. I think that's fantastic. He's basically leaning in going, look, I want you to know what he told me. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with long life and give them my salvation. His promise is to rescue, protect, answer, connect with us, honor us, give us a long life. 
Church, we have to start aligning our thinking with what he has said. Not with what CNN says or Fox says or the world around us says. We've got to make the choice to align with what he has said because he's our portion. He's our prize. And ultimately, he is our protection. I love you guys. I know this is a really difficult season in our, in our world. Grocery stores are empty. Toilet paper is out of stock. There's just chaos going on. Rise up, put a smile on your face, and know that you're a child of the King, and He will protect you. Thanks.